1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chakra Way Meditation Podcast. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Kimberly Braun. And um, Kimberly has an extraordinary breadth and depth of um, energy healing and, and work that she does. She is a minister, she is an author, she is a speaker, and I think most invitingly, she is a mystic adventurer. So I want to say welcome, Kimberly, and thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Thank you for having me. It's great to be with you. <laughs>
1: so, I mean, I looking at your bio, you know, you do an awful lot of things, but one of the things that pops out as a fascinating fact about you is that you were a Carmelite nun. And so, I mean, just talk me through a little bit of your life story about I don't know what you do now and how you've how you've got there. You know, just a little bit of um yeah, about your history and where you've come from. Thank and you. Your so spiritual fun. adventuring.
2: <laughs> I know, right? Well, it, you know what's fascinating about that Carmelite Nun chapter of my life is it tends to be a very big entry point into relationship with people for me. In some ways. It hits that kind of novel curiosity because of all the stereotypes we've got around a nun. Mm-hmm. And I get the typical you don't look like a nun, which tells me they have an idea of what a nun is yeah. or looks like. <laughs> yeah. But even more commonly, it lets people relax into their own stories or like, wow, how many women have said, gosh, I've wanted to go to a monastery. I feel this call and this urge. And for me, that was simply. That chapter of life was this saying yes to the ecstatic union we're called to. And my language with that now would be with divine love that's at our very center, with source at our very center. And those experiences of that aspect or worldview, that all creation is this pulsing source that is love, that is all the descriptors that could be caught in the word love that has been opening to me since I was really young and very spontaneously. I think we all have such tremendous gifts. And one of mine has been in moments of, of deep openness where where my heart really opened with a question. 100% of the time I have written, Received and entered into a dramatic answer or experience. Wow. Which is a great gift, right? Because sometimes in those really deep moments of inquiry, which sometimes come from suffering and challenge, sometimes we can feel alone. We open ourselves and then it feels like no one's there or nothing is there or we don't know the way. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I when I go into that place, I experience unsolicited this being held and seen by a source that's beyond words. And that's been really powerful in my life. Oh, uh, that's an extraordinary gift to
1: have. Because I think um, everybody who is on any kind of spiritual quests is constantly asking themselves questions. You know, that's the whole sort of journey isn't it is asking asking questions of yourself for example I'm in the middle of a process now um with a with a one of my mentors and and I'm being asked what is it that I want to die not just let go of but die within me that don't doesn't nurture me or sustain me and for me it's just like I, I I kind of know the answer, but I want to know deeper. I want to, I'm looking. So if I were you, I would ask that and then the answer would come. And so it's, for most of us, it's a
2: source of frustration that that doesn't just drop straight in. Right, I agree, I agree. That's one of the mysteries of life, isn't it? Yeah. That we come into this life with desires that are essential to being human, desire for harmony, Uh, for abundance for the giving and the receiving of love for clarity like the list is endless Mm -hmm. we all have these universal desires yeah and uh and when we open ourselves and find that even in connection with that part of ourselves we don't know what to do or we feel alone that can be uh that can be an ingredient for frustration, for despair,
1: mm-hmm.
2: for closing our hearts off. And uh, I, I feel that through my experiences, because I felt myself so supported, that that's actually a gift I have to offer to others to help orient to the, the kind of question that leads to the experience because sometimes our questions are maybe one, one layer away from the deeper question
1: mm-hmm.
2: where the answer can be experienced. <clears throat> so how do you go about finding that? I, you know, I mean, I, I think we're,
1: we're basically talking about moving through challenges in our lives. Yes. We're talking about like, cause everybody has these things. And, and usually when we're, on some kind of mystic spiritual adventure, to use your term, to, or journey, um, which is more my term, um, we, we have to ask ourselves so many questions and we have to come across, you know, we, we there are so many obstacles that we've got to kind of go around or bust through or go over or under. There are all these challenges within us and without us Moving through challenge is one of the things that I I want to talk to you about because I feel like it's something that we all are doing on a daily basis, either on a macro or micro scale in our lives.
2: I agree with you. I, I think, yes, 100%. And what I've loved in my own service in the world is discovering and helping people discover their particular path. So you've got these universal concerns for every that, that apply to everyone. And there are some, some universal answers. You know, one that I have found is that if you can cultivate the skillfulness to be in touch with source at your center, then you will find all the answers. I, I found that that's universal, but the path to that experience is very unique. Mm. And I find that more than practice, practice is important. Like I have a meditation practice, or I have a energy healing practice, or I do Tai Chi, or those are important. But I think what is even more transformative is the evolution of our perspectives. I think almost always it comes down to, we find ourselves in the tension because something's holding us there because a perspective as goodwilled as it may be is holding us there. Mm-hmm. There there's, there's a, a belief, for instance, <clears throat> if we believe we're called to live a life of unconditional love that can hold us in a, a, a relationship of, of any degree, even a friendship of any degree that isn't flowing with unconditional love, it can override our ability to note uh, what's the best path to take. Like we can bypass the 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 need for seeing ourselves and seeing the other in a way that's healthier because we overlay this idea of this unconditional love. Uh, let's say somebody's mean to us mm. and. And, and we, can, we can override that again. Well, I'm meant to be unconditional love. I'll show up. I've done that in my life. I was on ministry staff at a church for a short period of time, about 20 years ago. And there was an employee there, an older man, who did not believe a woman should be in ministry leadership. And I suffered a lot in, in allowing the treatment the demeaning treatment to exist thinking, I'll just show him love. I will just be love. Yeah. If I just keep going up with love, this is going to be okay. When unconditional love was calling me to be honest about the situation. And when I was honest about the situation and I let go of outcomes, everything changed. So that's an example of where we can take a perspective that's really good. And yet somehow our own, Uh, development isn't uh, letting us be honest about what really is unconditional loving.
1: Yeah, no, I I see that. And it's a a fascinating aspect of what we do to ourselves, isn't it? That we can hold ourselves back with the best intentions, but actually not do ourselves any favors at all.
2: (laughs) Right, Right, right? Yeah,
1: we can. So yes. tell, tell me tell, I was gonna say tell me a little bit about your um you know your you I love that you're a speaker because you've got this gorgeous voice and you've got a beautiful energy. What are you called to to speak about when when you go to do a speaking work? Like what is your message and what is your most you know the thing that you get asked
2: to talk about the most? Right. And so You know, having done it for so many years, it's wide and varied where the directions go, because I will go wherever anybody calls me into. And then I will do a discovery session to define what's really at the core of their needs and their desires here. Mm -hmm. But overall, I am always tending to be an instrument for people to discover that getting in touch with themselves is easier than what they think. And that living a fulfilled life is possible, that there's a potential within to live a level of fullness, to live uh, a level that has us on the edge of our knowing, that that's more available to us than what we realize. So first, I usually, my words tend to inspire, which mm-hmm. means somebody hears them and they're like, they start to believe, a, they, they feel a belief in themselves. Maybe they're not stable in it but they feel it. They're like, oh, wow, maybe maybe I could live a life of joy. You know, there's kind of a a touch in. And then from there, I can offer the words that show, uh, first, how understandably possible it is, because our minds want to understand that it's possible. And second, uh, offer the types of perspectives and practices that can be integrated easily into daily life so what kind of what kind of practices
1: do you use you know i mean i have a i have my set of tools of things that i do so i'd be fascinated to see i'm imagining that there's going to be a little bit of alignment here but but what are your tools your chosen tools that you teach Right, I,
2: I love that. And I have to say I'm a bit of a shape shifter when yeah. that's like I've, I've done whole conferences just on the healing power of sound uh-huh. and we've yeah. explored various sounds to help people come into healing or energy vibration that's aligned with their soul mm-hmm. and their desires. That's one set of tools. I have a, a massive experience with meditation and contemplative practice. And that involves everything from breath and heartbeat and observation and everything that flows out from that as well. Uh, I teach energy workshops as well. And so I'm sure that with the title of your your podcast, there's alignment there, helping people understand their subtle energy, that they are much more than this. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't end here. Yes, this is yes. kind of like a vehicle or a, or a temple. Yeah. Uh, I also love to provide systems that dismantle the limited perspectives. So really powerful inquiry systems. And not so much like Byron Katie and she's got the four steps that she has that she says if you use these four questions, you will break down every way that you have suffering in your life now that's really powerful mm. i do that but i tailor the questions to the group yeah. so that the questions are a little bit more digestible to the culture or the uh, the perspective of the group yeah. and, and i love doing that yeah <clears throat> There's, There's, it's, um,
1: it's extraordinary how many different types of um of different ways different modalities different mo- modalities that you can find to to get yourself to that place of discovery or calm or peace, whatever it is that you're searching for, there's always going to be a way. Now, one thing I'm going off piece here and I apologize because I'm slightly distracted because my dog is just wandering around and he keeps asking me for something and I don't know what because I've just fed him but anyway there we are
2: <laughs> so
1: that's what you were saying there's something that just a little spark went off for me that I would love to investigate with you so you lead meditation yes and I lead meditation too you know meditation is the name of this podcast um and you know, is the vast majority of the content of this podcast as well is, is med- guided meditations. Now, I have always felt that meditation and prayer are extremely alike, if not exactly the same. And I would love to know from somebody who says, you know, who meditates and uses that word meditate, and also um, uses you know, is is was is a minister, was a Carmelite nun you know where do you find the similarities if i don't know what what do you think do, am i am i dreaming or i i feel like they're the same i feel like they're really similar
2: you know i think we could find, use cuz the words have become pointers yeah. like they used to in traditions in the past they used to be very 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 specific it's like i think pure lineage based uh individuals Might be affronted at how broadly we use the word meditation, and they might trace it back. You know what? Like in 1000 BC, we use that word to mean this. Yeah. Uh, So it has become the these words and and prayers somewhat similar. Yeah, it's true. I I love them as pointers, and I would say where they are the same or similar is both are opening us up to presence to something that is ineffable to something that exists and yet is unknown so i think in that way they're similar in ways that they may be a little bit different is meditation practices the the object of the practice itself might simply be the uh the undisturbed holding of awareness in one point and where prayer sometimes might be different is it's an orientation into a relational kind of presencing. So that's how I might say they're the same and yet they might be a little bit different that way. No,
1: I love that. It's really clear and, um, yeah, so that's a really clear and and obvious delineation between those two. and it's it's often that I've thought that, you know in meditation we're just you know we're connecting with energy, with source, with um you know, divine energy. And then you know, as soon as you start working with energetic and in energy in, in the energy world, you know, we find that these words are coming in, you know, like inviting in the divine feminine, you know, or, there's all there's the light, you know, in, in in introducing or inviting the light into to us, into our bodies, into our hearts, and so on. And that for me is really echo you know, it's echoes of those prayers that I was taught as a child that I then forgot as soon as I was allowed to, you know, <laughs> um, yes. you know, in in the UK, you know, religion is not a big thing. I know that you know it's different in all different parts of the world, but. It's strange having rejected religion and just gone, ugh, that's just boring and stayed and it's made up nonsense. You know, I now as an adult come full circle around to it, finding it my own way through meditation, through spirituality, through even the physical practice of yoga and finding myself in a place going, hmm, these, you know, started off here and actually, oh, we've come kind of, We're pretty close to where we started from uh, in this trying to connect with a thing that is greater than us, and um, I find that really fascinating. That you know, you've obviously been down a very um, religious path, and now you are also, you know, you are now in a more spiritual path. I would, would you? Is that correct? Would you say?
2: Yeah, and I think a way as well, and I think part of the reason that is. Uh, is my mystical experiences started happening when I was so young. And when I look back at my life, I think my orientation was always about, and I'm going to use the word God uh, with the understanding that it's universal life force and source. There was this insight that formed me that all creation is being and becoming in God. So, I believe for me, religion wasn't religion, uh, that everything was an experience of this divine. And I loved ritual. I mean, I love, you know, one of the things that I loved about being Catholic, which there are some solid reasons I'm not anymore, was the sensibility. I mean, true essential Catholicism and its spirituality holds the belief that everything is potentially or actually an instrument of grace. Mm. And that's really powerful because that's incarnational. It's embodied. It's grounded. Yes. Now, if, if we took that religious tradition with these understandings of the Christ experience, we wouldn't have the, the sedentary and dogmatic systems holding us in. I think they're inevitable that it happens because human beings like like patterns that don't change. Yeah. We want to think, I've got the truth and like it's never going to change. You yeah. know, we're, we're still yeah. in that yeah. place of fear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I think for me, religion, it did play a really big part. And it was a container that was very powerful. But my religion wasn't my place. Yeah. My place was with the divine. And it just yeah. happened to serve me really really beautifully
1: yeah no i love that and that to me that is how religion should be you know and if religion really did embody that just that acceptance of grace into everything and that that beautiful embodiment of of love and of spirit um then it would feel a lot more welcoming uh, to, well, to someone like me anyway. And I, you know, I know we're, we're treading on, on dangerous, we're dangerously close to the <laughs> I don't want to go too much further towards <laughs> the edge because I could well fall off. Um, but I, I agree with you, you know, that, that structure and the, the dogma and the so on of religion is, is not for everybody. Um, but it does serve a purpose in terms of that guidance towards that, beautiful level of spirituality that I can you know that I think is really um nurturing for the soul and I think it's one that if you move towards in your own way and you move towards it at a pace that works for you using the modalities and the you know that work for you then it is a huge um, source of comfort and strength to have mm-hmm. that um that belief system. I think we all as humans I think we need to have beliefs, don't you? We love beliefs. We love ritual.
2: And I think, I think beliefs are, they give juice to our life. Like I believe in goodness. I mean, that can hold us through a storm so powerfully and it lets us touch a part of ourselves that I think is really real. Yeah. I think beliefs are really, really powerful, really important. And ritual is such, I did when in my seminary training, we did, uh, we spent a period of time studying the nature of ritual. And when you look at it sociologically and anthropologically and psychologically and that we as human beings, we, we do well with ritual because ritual gives us a safe place to relax into and to open up in a new way. So when rituals let us do that, when they let us let go and open, they're alive. And then we can look at that and say, well, do I have rituals in my life that don't do that anymore that are stagnant or rote or not dynamic and then we can let them go. They can be the point of inquiry. Is my ritual letting me let go and open or is my ritual because I'm scared and I'm holding on to it?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a really good question. That's a really nice inquiry to make actually. I yeah. Because that is one of the big, big questions in when you're doing an inquiry is, you know, what, do, what is it that I need to let go of? What is it that's not serving me? What do I, you know, where, where am I with these things that are patterns or, you know, staples within my behaviour? Like, and an experience of life, you know, what is it that I need to let go of? And so, yeah, I love that. Now, the other thing that you almost got towards, and I want to bring you back to, and I'll tell you the reason why I'm interested in this in a moment, is um, you talk in your and your bio and your website and so on about the power of yes. And I love this as a concept because positivity, let's get it out there. And the reason I ask is because I noticed that the next person I'm interviewing, um, has a whole thing about the power of no. So I'm going to do a little scientific experiment
2: here and see which one I think <laughs> weighs up. <laughs> That's really great. Yeah. So my, my whole conviction about our, ment- our, our call to live yes comes from my belief that we actually are a yes of spirit in form. We are consciousness in form. So there was something in the uncreated that was a yes about existence. And so therefore, because we exist, we we are a vibrating yes. That's it. And if as we awaken to that reality, we discover we can live going from, and I'll use a biblical phrase, going from glory to glory, we can go from yes to yes. What that does is that situates how we act and respond according to the deeper yes. And when we're in that fundamental yes, our yeses and our no's are aligned with our being. And that makes it easier to do the yeses and the no's. Because I'm a big believer, I know, and especially I'm not that... I try not to be that gender oriented, but I have found over the years that women have a really hard time sometimes saying no, feeling guilt, feeling shame, feeling that it's not okay. I mean, the word boundaries is still very big and operative in the healing process. And as we cultivate, you can tell I'm a banquet oriented person. So as we come to the source our saying yes and no can be done with grace. It's not like a no against it's a no in service of the yes. Mm. It's like, oh, what is serving me? Cause what's going to serve me is going to serve the whole. Is this serving all? Yes. Is this serving all? No. And both are at the service of the yes, the bigger yes. So that's where I come from with that. And, and uh, I love helping people navigate it. I know in one of my retreats, Uh, everyone put into practice being really super, super present in their yeses and nos all day long and discovering what happened, you know, discovering how uh, it could feel very affirming to say yes. Oh, yes. You know, we're like, yes. And then when it came to no, it was hard and contracted and distracting. and, And that let me know then that that person was not aligned with their deeper yes. Because that gives the grace to say no with grace Mm. as well. So there's your sign. There's my part.
0: There's your part. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
1: Oh, fascinating! Well, she'll take it and and run with that, and and see what the power of no is. And I mean, but there's there's no dif- there's no denying what you've said. You know, we we have difficulty with saying no. Uh, you know, a lot of the time. Um, you know, as you said, boundaries big thing. Saying yes is much easier than saying no because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, or we don't want you know. And so it's very it's a very powerful thing to actually. Be conscious of that. I love that. I'm going to be a bit more conscious of my yeses and my noes as we as I move through my week this week. Um. So, Kimberly, tell me a little bit about your book, Miracles in the Naked Light. Is this a new book or
2: one that's been around for? Yes. No, oh, it just published uh, last month. Miracles in the Naked Light. Beautiful. I'm spending this year in service of it. This is uh, this is a fleshing out. I did a TED Talk a number of years ago that contains the seeds of what's in here. And what's in here is my own experience of what happens when we surrender into the unknown and give our yes in a way that takes us into realms we had no idea. We had no idea we could do. And on the practical level, I was a Carmelite nun. I had been asked after I took vows for life to join a new community just to bolster the ranks. and, And when I was there, unexpectedly, I received a call from Spirit. And that call said, build the permanent monastery. And I gave this massive yes because I longed for us to have our monastery. But I didn't know that actually it was literal. That actually, in that big yes, I was downloaded at 29 years old with the ability and capacity to actually be the general contractor, the spokesperson for it. And the monastery is beautiful. So this account, recounts the miracles, and it also recounts the challenges that happened in the service of the miracles, too because whenever we say yes and we step into that full light that we are that light shines on everything that mean that that mean that light shines where there's a need of healing in the collective that light shines where there's goodness in the collective and that all comes out that all comes out so so you get the the deeper story in this book Uh, that was magnificent and that project just flowed through me and it's so beautiful the 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 monastery is so beautiful it's 17,000 square feet mission style architecture we built it with we had a little bit of money but not much and we had miracle after miracle happen when we were donated 640 acres of land Uh we were able to choose the land we wanted but we didn't even have underground I mean we designed the entire underground brought three-phase power in and really it's a it's a symbol of what every person is called to so my hope is that over time people will even use a lexicon like well what's my monastery They're like this was my monastery what's Monastery. monastery that's extraordinary
1: and in the book you you I mean I suppose the lessons uh, just come along with the miracles and with the journey that of this extraordinary thing that you've that you've achieved and and then so this was when so this was a a, a little while ago and then you've you left the you left that monastery and it's still there and active and
2: operating and Yes. Um, so I don't, I don't know a lot about the community when I left and that too was a a whole spirit download that I had not expected when I left. Um, I was seen as losing my way because I was asking to be released of my vows and I fit in contemplative life. So it was, it wasn't encouraged that I have contact Mm, with the community. So it was a big, it was a big loss, but I understood the theology, you know, they were coming from a place of love. And here was another teaching for me. I was given the compassion and the understanding and the forgiveness to see, of course, they would think I might be going to hell. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because Because of what, where their love was. And even though I had to then make that transition alone and lose many dear friends, Uh, I understood. And that too is grace, right? Total grace. And I knew as you transitioned
1: out of that life and into the one that you stepped into, um, you know, you then embraced so many other things. So, you know, your energy healer, Reiki master, like all of these things that they just, appear and just come to you naturally as you went as you traveled through your life I mean it's a it's a fascinating journey to me that you
2: just sort of transitioned talk talk to me a little bit about that it is it is a pretty dramatic transition I would say that definitely leaving held immense challenges uh you know, the sense of where, where do I belong and things like that. But my inner clarity was so solid. I mean, I was clear as day. So I had this unshakable peace. And what I did is I stayed really close to that presence. And like a child would do, you know, when a child knows what makes their heart happy, and then they just go with that. I think as adults, we're called to have that childlike innocence in our spirituality. Mm. So for me, where there was life, I naturally felt it was true. So as I experienced other traditions, like my seminary was very progressive. When I studied Buddhism, I could tap into the resonance there and open up in a childlike way to the truth that was there when i studied energy healing modalities that come from different traditions i could feel the resonance and my freedom to say yes to that overrode any ideas of like you know these kind of systems setting things in place um you know that has the blessing of having a universality to my spirituality mm-hmm. that has the inherent challenge of, um I don't belong to a particular church, I, I am an itinerant minister whose community is humanity, which sometimes, you know, I'd like to just have a church or something, you know, <laughs> have like a steady community that's <laughs> my own, <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. a part of.
1: But I love that, that you, your spiritual, spirituality has a universality about it. And I love that, because I feel like that's, that's so true. It, fe- it just feels true that, Actually, spirituality is universal. And, and that is really, well, for me, that resonates. That feels right. That's a big fat yes from my inner, as you say that. I feel a big yes because I feel like all of these modalities, whatever where you come at it from, are all true. They're all right and they're all true for each individual. There's an underlying yes. To that, that
2: I love. I love that. I love that. I can tell, I can feel that in you. (laughs) It's fantastic. So, where
1: can people find you, Kimberly? I didn't have your website, but I haven't written it down here. So,
2: apologies. Uh, No, no worries. It's my name, kimberlybronn.com. So, kimberlybronn.com. You can connect through my newsletter. Uh, You can get this book so the book is new out and it comes in print, which is so beautiful I still love print books I just um, ebook and audio book and my publishing agency, let me record it with my voice in studio. Oh, wow. so the author intonation in the story Which is so good. I love that. And also you've got a
1: beautiful voice. It has to be said you have got a really and you know, I'm I'm actually just gone onto your website here to have a quick look and you've got so many, you know, all your services, your meditation courses, events um and meditation uh five day meditation challenge we love that so there's there's a lot here for you to get your teeth into people oh yes that's how i'm going to get carried away looking at that it's
2: beautiful thank you it's easy to connect for free i have a number of free things and then i have things all all tiered i I try to keep everything i do uh available financially for people as much as possible so uh so please connect with me, connect. I would love, if you're feeling a draw, if you're listening and you're feeling a draw, then I know that we would have a wonderful connection. So you can reach out.
1: <laughs> that is so true. Trust your guts, everybody. Trust that instinct, that instinctual thing that just connects you. You know, you're so beautifully heart-led. Everything, you know, it feels, when I mean, your your energy feels so huge-hearted and whole-hearted. Um, and i I think that it's uh you know the more people connect with you and feel you know when they can when you feel that connection with somebody who has a big heart who has that wholeheartedness um always follow through with that because it's a gift thank you so much kimberly thank you so much for joining me today
2: thank you for having me it's wonderful being with you